This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Let's say you need a new car. Well, a new used car. Uh, now this is my groove car. A you car. Now, what if you could seal the deal and order it to your door 100% online? Buyer's remorse, no such thing. Take a week to love it or return it. Sound good? Carvana, they'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. Visit Carvana.com or download the app. Elections are strange times and strange things happen. Nothing is stranger than the lights going out <laughs> and the camera suddenly going dark at a place where the votes are being counted in Nevada. Let's listen in to what exactly happened. Nevada Republican Adam Laxalt's lead over incumbent Senator Catherine Cortez Masto, Democrat Nevada, has mysteriously shrunk to fewer than 9,000 votes as officials are still counting mail-in ballots in the state's largest counties as of early Friday afternoon. The latest updates from Clark and Washoe counties have put Laxalt just 8,988 votes over Cortez Masto, less than 1% of the total vote. Election officials said Wednesday that ballot counting will continue through next week, but the majority of the ballots could be counted by today, according to Fox News, who also reported, officials explained that mail-in ballots must be postmarked by election day but can arrive as late Saturday to be counted. Election officials have been flooded with thousands of them since Tuesday as the margins between Cortez Masto and Laxalt remain tight. More than 12,000 ballots from Clark County were counted Thursday night, helping Cortez Masto gain 3,285 votes on Laxalt. The city of Las Vegas resides within the county, and Democrats have a nearly 10-point advantage over Republicans in voter registration there. The Republican challengers lead grew by about 1,000 votes as ballots were counted from surrounding rural counties, but the gain was not enough to offset the mail-in votes for the Democratic senator. Ballots are processed by bipartisan election workers at the Clark County Election Department during the ongoing election process on November 10, 2022, in North Las Vegas, Nevada. Washoe County, the state's second most populous county, counted more than 18,000 ballots overnight Thursday and gave Cortez Masto a net gain of 4,817 votes against Laxalt. Democrats have strong support in Reno and Sparks, but the rest of the county leans Republican, making it competitive. Officials in Clark County, Nevada's most populous county, have said that Tuesday, November 15, is the deadline to verify the mail-in ballots, while November 17 is the latest date they will release the final results. As the race stands now, Laxalt currently has 450,534 votes, 48.97%, to be the next senator from Nevada, while Cortez Masto holds 441,546 votes, 48%, for re-election with 90.2% of the vote reported. And here is where something very interesting happened, according to the Epic Times, who reported, cameras at the vote counting facility in the Nevada County still counting midterm election votes stopped broadcasting overnight, officials said on November 10th. The livestream computer application that provides the feeds lost connection with the cameras at 11.24 p.m. on Wednesday, according to Bethany Drysdale, a spokesperson for Washoe County. All staff members left for the night about an hour before the issue and none returned until 7 a.m. on Thursday morning, county officials said. The connection was restored just before 8 a.m. on November 10. The Washoe County Security Administrator was said to have reviewed security cameras at the building, 
which run on a different system. The camera showed that no person entered the ballot room or registrar's office while the live feeds were cut off. Security personnel are working to make that footage public. A review of staff badges also indicated that no one entered the ballot room or office. In the future we will look for a solution that would prevent software disruptions or simply not offer a courtesy live stream feed, Drysdale said in a statement. <laughs> good, good, good. So I, I want to start off by saying that in our ultimate effort to always try and be as transparent as we possibly can, we're forced to use estimates when giving out information related to what number of ballots we have in the system and what it's possible for us to be counting. As of this morning, we have more solid numbers based on uh, the reports that we can get from the automated mail ballot processing system because all of the ballots, uh, minus tomorrow's mail, have been run through. So uh, these estimates that I'm giving you now are based on those numbers. Last night, we ran 12,309 ballots through, and they were reported in last night's report. As of this morning, we received 104 pieces of mail, uh, which is obviously a lot lower than we had been. We have one more day tomorrow uh, to pick up mail, and that'll be the last of the mail. We know that right now, based on what we saw in the vault this morning, we've got a little over 50,000 ballots that still need to be counted. 15,900 ballots are currently in tabulation behind us here, uh, being tabulated. There are 34,130 currently being worked on by the counting board. And as soon as those are complete, they will be sent directly to tabulation. Again, the same exceptions are in place. The cure, uh, which runs through Monday, those, those aren't included in that number. And then the provisionals. And that number has not changed, but staff has been diligently working going through those to determine which ones are eligible to be counted next week after we get our report from the Secretary of State with all 17 counties listed there so that we can identify anything that was done illegally. I want to remind voters that the cure, uh, my staff is still currently working on that. Please take advantage of calling the line 702-455-6552. Uh, today we'll be working 7.30 to 5.30. Over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, that hotline will be working 8 a.m. to 5. And Monday being the last day for the voters to take care of the cure, uh, we'll be doing that from 7.30 to 5 p.m. And again, that number was 5,555. Oh, that's on the provisionals, I'm sorry. So the, the active uh, cures that are still eligible to be cured by voters is 9,659. So with that, I'll open it up. Mr. Ritter, you want to start? Uh, how many ballots have been that would be whatever the math is on 14,569 minus 9,659. So it looks like about 5,000 have been cured through the system. Yes. I would have to check on that number. I know that earlier in the week it was about 20 individuals who were working that hotline. I believe we've increased the number on that hotline. Once we finish with the majority of our counting tomorrow, we'll be able to shift staff over to increase that number. So if you're getting those reports, I'll be sure that I look into that so that we can increase support there. Still have all the 
No, not yet. Some of them are still in the counting board being processed. So uh, the numbers that I gave you today, those we're, everything we're dealing with now uh, is inside of that group of the drop-off box in the mail that we got on Wednesday. It's a, mi it's a mix. It's a mix, yes. And of those 5,000 ballots that have been cured, are those included in the 50,030? No. Or some of them been those ones have already been counted, been more than likely, right. yes. And one more question, and I'll be done. Mm -hmm. That is, what time will you update more results today? And will it just be once today? It'll just be once today. It'll be in the evening. Um, we want to get as many as we can in today. We're pretty certain that it won't be completed today. So tomorrow, as I had mentioned in the previous conferences, uh, we should be done with the majority of those ballots. The only thing we're getting in tomorrow is one more day of mail. I would be very surprised if that's a large number. So I don't want to give you time because I don't know for certain. I know it'll be in the evening. I think we've been averaging about six o'clock. It might actually be a little later than that, but we'll get it in tonight without a doubt. Now, sure, that's a very good question. So what we have been doing is going every day. We have a scheduled pickup at the main post office, the Sunset Station. But tomorrow will be an exception. So we'll be there tomorrow for our regular pickup, and then we're going to make an additional call as they round through all of the post offices to make sure that they haven't missed anything. So we'll actually try to make two pickups tomorrow to make sure that we haven't missed anything. We're doing the same thing. Oh, could you, could you elaborate on, on how many? Oh, I don't know how many there are. I'm sorry. Oh, sure. But we'll be able to report on that eventually. Those that weren't postmarked by Election Day, they're not eligible to be counted. Yeah. Oh, sure. I can't really speak on what the organizations are doing. I can tell you that that's public information and it's available on our website. Some of them are doing that proactively to try to help voters. For us, we're statutorily required to reach out to a voter that's in the cure. If they provided us with a phone number or an email, we reach out through those means and we always send uh, snail mail. We always send a letter. I mean, obviously, that's not very effective at this point, but it's required by the law, so we continue to do it. That's usually, if it happens that day, it goes to staff for them to verify and pull that ballot out of the vault so that it can be put into a batch to be counted. So that's happening usually the day of. But Monday will be the deadline, and so we may not get them all in that night, but everything that came in before 5, um, they will be counted Tuesday for sure. The, uh, the deadline statutorily is for me to finish counting mail ballots by Tuesday, so we have plenty of time on you Tuesday. You that you'd be done with the vast majority of ballots by tomorrow. Are you still on track for that? Because you've got 34,000. Yes. Do you think you'll, tomorrow you'll have maybe even twice as 15,900? Well, we should, be, we should have the majority of the ballot. Barring any, any equipment failures, which they've been working really well. We had them serviced before the election. They've been working really well. I, I don't anticipate that, but we should have them in tomorrow for a final large report. Well, if we finish and it's 3 o'clock, we're going to go ahead and report.
but if it runs into the evening, then to be consistent with what we've been doing, I think we've been reporting at like 6 or 6.30, but we'll work as late as we can, whatever needs to be done to get it done. Just to button up the point, you, you told us at each of these conferences that you've got full staff working mm. and all available machines working, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Go ahead. There's several hundred people that are currently working and they're being shifted now to the uh, areas where we're, we had people in manual signature, we had people in Agilis, we have people on hotlines, but now it's, we're getting to the tail end of what we need to do, so we've shifted them into the counting board or to help over here with sorting, but uh, the tabulation team stays pretty consistent because that's the fastest of all the groups. They can read, if they had to, about 8,000 ballots an hour. So. It's more. It's more than it was in the prime. Oh, I don't want to tell you. I misread. Yes. At the back there, I don't think I got you. Well, um, it, we don't want to see voters who are discouraged. If they're discouraged, I would say that I, we, we're continuously trying to educate voters in that we're not purposely holding this process back. We're doing everything in our power to move ballots forward just as quickly as we can. But the statutory deadlines that we have in place, uh, I, I can't do finish all the mail until it all comes in. Uh, that's a very small number, but still, I can't finish until Saturday, even if I wanted to. Monday, we have the cure deadline. I've got to wait for those voters to give them an opportunity to get their ballot cured. I can't read provisionals because we're a bottom-up voter registration state, so the secretary has to compile that report, send it to us so that we can identify any duplicate people who have done something illegal by voting twice in two counties. So um, I don't want voters to be discouraged. I want them to know, I've tried to say in every press conference, that we're doing everything we possibly can to move this process forward. We'll see if we can make improvements in the future. Ma'am, you'd have to give me the name of that individual, and I'd like to personally look into that. That seems out of the ordinary. I don't know why it would have had to come down. But we have electronic means for people to do that. Uh, we've been very vocal with getting that information out. Somebody earlier asked about the advocacy groups locally who are also working to help people cure their ballots of giving that information out. I don't know why he had to come back three times, but I'd like to know, and we could look into it. I think I've mentioned on many occasions, in Clark County, we're being more transparent, far more transparent than the law requires us. I don't make the law, I administrate. So if they have any suggestions for what they think should be allowed for them to view or participate in, those are issues that they need to take to the legislature and have them sponsor a bill that would change the law. But as far as I'm concerned, we've been very transparent with what we've been doing, and you all have walked through this warehouse and seeing what we've done in all of our areas. We've got glass cubicles set up in a lot of the large areas where a lot of the work is going on. So we've made, uh, uh, I think, a very diligent effort to try to be transparent in everything that we do. The two unrelated questions, 
Yes, sir. Yeah. Very good one. Uh, security is about the same. I think the question was asked the other day. We learned a lot from the 2020 election, and so we proactively did things in an effort to try to create a safe environment for all of our staff. All these people that I've mentioned have been here. They have to be confident that they're going to be able to get out of their car and come in and not feel threatened, go home at night in the dark and feel like they won't be intimidated or that anybody will verbally accost them as they're leaving the facility. We learned that in 2020. We took advantage of it. Thanks to the support from the county commission and county management, we have the resources in place to do what we feel is necessary. So I wouldn't say it's been increased. It's just what it was then. Are you able to say after the former president's comments, were there any, was there an increase in threats directed towards you or your staff? Not that I'm aware of. Folks, if you could have just one more question. They will provide us with a report. It takes them a while to gather that. This is not the only jurisdiction they were in. They were all, all over the country. So uh, I'm not aware of anything. They didn't directly report anything to me. They're here to make sure that civil rights violations uh, aren't happening here in Clark County. So they did a lot of things like we're statutorily federally required under the 203 provision to provide Spanish and Filipino here in Clark County because the population dictates that we're required to do that. They were doing things like going from polling place to polling place, making sure that we had translators in place, and then actually listening to them. It's not enough for us to say that we have a Spanish speaker there. They were actually listening to them communicate with the voter and assisting them to make sure they spoke uh, Spanish at a proficient enough level to help voters. So um, we don't have the report yet, but we didn't hear anything directly from them. Mr. Gloria, if people one more, one more. Hotline, if people don't what hotline? Which one? The okay. Absolutely. We'll be open on Monday. The front doors aren't open over the, the weekend. The, only the hotline is open. So over the weekend, they need to call that line, the 4556552, and on Monday, they can come in until 5 o'clock. surveys have shown. It's most likely that Lock Salt will pull through in the end, but it will be a nail-biter. And in fact, with heavy, heavy presence from socialist Democrats in Nevada, they are trying to do anything they can to move away and flip a Senate seat that is expected and should go for the Republicans. It's a very strange situation. A 
very strange one indeed. I'm Mike of New York. As I continue to monitor and report on these things, I wonder when my own podcast might be taken down for just reporting what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing and what is being reported on the news. I've already had several warnings not to report, for example, on issues surrounding vote counts in Queens County here in New York. I've already seen several warnings and issues raised about, you know, don't be a denier. I'm not denying anything. I'm just showing what's there. But the problem is, there is a very, very powerful lobby that just doesn't want anything to change. And they will do anything, anything, to keep themselves in power. They won't even allow a token opposition anymore. It's scary. Really, it is. Because at the rate they're going, they're pushing people too far. And that could be a very bad thing. That's the latest for me for now. God bless you. God bless these United States. And God help us all.